0: retirement is just another phase of life you just uh you know stop doing one thing and start doing some other things and that's what i found to be true
1: retirement that's what we're all aiming at right but exactly what does that mean It conjures up visions of endless days of golf drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach feet up reading a book is that what it's all about i don't think so Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Deset, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine-to-five. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Peter Christian. He's a retired business executive and consultant. And now in retirement, he's a speaker, an author, an adjunct professor, and also a part-time consultant. Peter, thanks for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me, Jackie.
1: So I see on your website <clears throat> excuse me, that you've written a couple of books, um, the books are kind of related to business uh, topics and kind of related to relationships and life in general. And we'll get to that a little bit because I think that you've got some interesting things to talk to us about. But first, um, as I always do, let's start with a bit about your history. You were a business executive and now you're a consultant for, for businesses who want to uh Grow or improve, but there must have been a little bit of uh, travel along the way.
0: Yeah, there was quite a bit of travel. Um, Early on in my career, uh, I wanted to be an engineer. I studied engineering in in college and uh, started off in the uh, professional world uh, as such. Um, But uh, over time, I realized that engineering wasn't totally where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the business world doing business things. So I progressed uh, when I worked uh, with Crayola Corporation. uh, I got into the operational side of the business and um, through it, uh, a lot of the work I did while it was day-to-day with uh, certainly getting product out and making sure that things were available uh, was also to make improvements. So there was a lot of project uh, type work involved in what I was doing. So when I left there and was looking at what it was that I wanted to do with the rest of my career, um, it was suggested that I get into consulting. I had thought about that early on in my career because I had an opportunity out of college to work for a large consulting firm. It was Price Waterhouse at the time before they merged with Price Waterhouse Coopers, and I didn't feel that I was. Um worldly enough, experienced enough to sit down and tell people 20 or 30 years my senior what they should or shouldn't be doing because uh, I just didn't have that kind of experience. But now after having been an executive at Crayola and dealt, dealt with many facets of the business, I felt that uh, I, I certainly could do that and, and would do that. And I felt confident Uh, in myself and what I was telling other folks. So uh, I got into the consulting world and uh, spent about 25 years in that before I finally retired. Uh, Like you said, I'm retired, but yet I'm I'm very busy uh, in in new activities. So that was kind of the path of how I got to where I'm at today. And uh, it's just kind of continued into my retirement. Uh, I was not the kind of person who said I was just going to kind of sit in the sun with a drink in one hand and a book in the other or whatever, and just kind of while the time away, I want to stay involved and active. Uh, So I got into writing, because I had uh, always wanted to write a book and had some ideas about it. And like you said, we'll talk about that. Um, But then uh, I continued to look at other opportunities and reach out uh, to folks uh, for opportunities. So Uh, I've done some consulting since then, and I'm still open to do that uh, if and when the uh, right opportunity comes along. Uh, I've written lots of articles besides my books. Uh, I've done a lot of speaking now. Um, Probably this is my 35th or 40th podcast in the last year, so I've done a lot of speaking uh, and also, I got to become an adjunct professor uh, back at the school in uh, Pennsylvania. So I do uh, remote uh, teaching uh, through a friend of mine who I had worked with before. And he reached out to me and said, I have an opportunity for you to, uh, to teach project management. So it's been a pretty busy retirement. Uh, it's not all work. There is play. I get out to shows and concerts and uh, sporting events like uh, the uh, Tampa Bay uh, hockey team and um, uh, vacations. I'm planning on one shortly to uh, go up to Atlanta to the aquarium, the Georgia Aquarium. And in the fall, I'm going on a river cruise down the Mississippi or up the Mississippi. So uh, there's a lot of stuff going on.
1: Wow! Yeah, it sounds like you're going to be busy, which is great. It's this uh, is the time yeah. to be doing it.
0: Absolutely, uh, retirement is just another phase of life. You just uh, you know stop doing one thing and start doing some other things, and that's what I found to be true.
1: Exactly. That's uh, that's what I'm trying to show that it's not the time to sit down. Maybe you want to sit with a drink in a hand and a book in the other, but you know, sure. not for thirty years.
0: No, I get too bored doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got to have a lot of books by your side.
0: A lot of books.
1: So let's let's talk a little bit about the consulting that you do. Um, okay. I know you consult with businesses. Yes. And you help them with their um, personnel problems or with their project management problems. What kind of things do you deal with?
0: Uh, well, uh, the key is to, I don't specialize in any one particular area. The key is to find out what's really bothering them. Uh, and I say that because to ask them what's wrong a lot of times doesn't turn out to be what's really wrong. Uh, They talk about the symptoms. Okay, Uh, For instance, in a manufacturing uh, organization, uh, the executive might say we're having productivity issues on the floor. They're just not getting out the amount of material they should. So you get out on the floor and you talk to folks and you find out that, Every five minutes, they've got a new request on what they should be manufacturing. So they just about get the equipment and line set up and then they tell them to tear it down and and do something else. Well, you're not going to get a lot of production when you're doing that all the time. So it's not that the folks don't do a good job on the floor. It's that they keep getting moved around and they don't have the opportunity to produce the way they should be. You've got to give them that opportunity. So you find out that it's not so much the people on the floor that are causing the problem, but the people who are in the office that are giving them the instructions what to do or not to do. Um, I started writing a series called What Keeps You Awake at Night, and typically when I would go into a client to talk to them, that was one of the uh, uh, things that asked is, so what is it that keeps you awake at night? What really bothers you when you spend a lot of time on trying to fix and it just never seems to get fixed To cop happens over and over and over again. Uh, and it could be a variety of different things. Uh, it could be personnel issues. It could be productivity. It could be their systems. Uh, could be that they don't have very good policies and procedures and the, it's kind of a free-for-all. Everybody's doing his or her own thing and they need to have a bit more structure to it. Uh, could be that they're understaffed and need to add in certain areas. It, it could be a variety of things. So you really have to listen and, and find out And then kind of tell them what it is that that's going on and and what you're going to work on and try to solve in relation to what it is that, of course, is bothering them because you want to solve that. So uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. So it it, could take a, a lot of different twists and turns.
1: Do you work also with individuals or are you primarily with businesses? Um, I'm not a, a
0: coach. Uh, there are plenty of people who do that, whether you call them life coaches or business coaches or whatever. That, that's not my thing. It's more working with organizations. Uh, now, in that regard, I may wind up spending time with a certain individual, um, but not so much to improve uh, their skills and to focus on them, but to focus on the organization and what they're doing in regards to that. Uh, So that's where the individual part comes in. But otherwise, no, uh, if uh, a vice president would come and say to me, how can I do a better job? Uh, There are other people that um, are experts and and, uh, focus in that area. And that's not what I'm about. I'm more about the business itself and how that operates.
1: So then what if someone was a solopreneur? He he or she has their own business and it's just not functioning properly. That that's still a, I think, probably a, a business coach sort of aspect rather than a something that you would help with. Is that correct?
0: Um well, uh, if it focuses on the business, my thing. If it focuses on the individual. Uh, maybe I can provide some time or I can recommend somebody who, again, uh, has that expertise and, and focuses in, in that particular area on the individual. So it really mm-hmm. depends. And I, I'm not afraid to do that. I want to do what's best for the client. It's not about me just getting the business and then kind of fumbling and stumbling around with something <laughs> that uh, is not really in my area, that that's not uh, serving the client and the person well, and I don't want to do that. So uh, I I, I try to stay away from that. And similarly, you know, if it's a marketing or a sales type thing, I'm not a marketing or a salesperson. I know plenty of people who are and who are very good at it, and I can recommend them, and I certainly do, if that's what the case may be.
1: Okay, so then your, your main focus from what I'm hearing is sorting out where the problem is in the business and setting the the gears in motion to straighten out whatever that problem is to solve mm-hmm. the symptoms or to, to ease the symptoms that the bosses or whoever is, is worried about at the time.
0: Yeah, not so much the symptoms. The <laughs> symptoms are what you see. see it may not yeah. be the problem. And we tend to use the term root cause. What is really what's causing the problem? Not what you okay. see, but what's behind it. Okay. And too often individuals try to solve the symptom. Okay. And they don't. Uh, so it right. continues. And that's why they get frustrated because they think they've got it and they've spent a lot of time and yet they're seeing the same results over and over and over again. So, well, uh, we try to, to get them past, looking at just what the symptom is and and really what the the root cause is that's that's causing the distress, uh, the issues, the sleepless nights, whatever the case.
1: (laughs) So as I mentioned in the beginning, you've written a couple of books. Um, Yes. What about the vermin problem? And also influences and influencers, how our relationships affect and shape us. I think that one might be a little bit more pertinent to the listeners right now in terms of Mm -hmm. Uh, getting on with others in their life and and how things might affect them or affect other people Um, Mm -hmm. one of the things I I looked at the table of contents in both of them and and one of them one of the lines jumped out at me it says uh, it was why having a plan is essential to knowing where you're going and I think that that kind of is important at any stage in your life, but especially important now as we're moving forward into the next stage.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Influences and Influencers was book number two. Uh, And uh, even it and the first book, uh, What About the Vermin Problem, were mostly written towards the business side of me. But as I, I wrote them and read them and thought about them and talk about them, uh, they really have life lessons in there because they, they deal with different aspects of my life and uh, uh, things that have happened to me and that I've been involved in. So I try to tell the folks that I'm, I'm talking about in, in regards to the books that while they are kind of business in nature, there really are life lessons as well. Because we make decisions in life, we're influenced by uh, people and things, happenstances and so forth. Uh, and they have an influence then on how we think and do and act and react and who we want to be with and who we don't want to be with. Uh, so they, they, they have a, a, a purpose beyond just business, I, I think. And uh, anybody reading them, uh, if they were scared about and going, well, I don't need to read a business book because I'm not really a business person, doesn't matter. Uh, They're very straightforward. I think they're easy to understand. There's not a lot of jargon in there. If there is, then I try to explain it to people Uh, because I was always told you write to a person who has no clue what you're talking about. And when they get done, they go, oh, yeah, I understand what he's he's saying because it it makes sense to me. Um, But influences and influencers, uh, yeah, definitely uh, has a lot of life lessons in there. Uh, that I try to to get across to folks. And um, uh, what my purpose right now is to try to share some of the wisdom that I have, some of the things I went through that people may be going through right now themselves, and they're just looking for a direction. So if they read it, they go, hmm, yeah, I, I see what he's saying. And yeah, uh, I'm I'm coming across that particular situation, or yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with those kind of people. Uh, a number of folks have said to me, boy, I wish that I had had this earlier in my life or in my career. Uh, well, it's never too late, you know, so what? You, you made decisions, you, you decided on things, and um, you know, uh, what's past is past. What do you do with uh, uh, your life from here on, and, and what do you do? You don't dwell on the past. You just say, okay, What's done is done. Uh, what What's next? And, and what am I going to do? And that's kind of where I'm at right now. What's done is done. Uh, what is it that I'm, I'm looking to do next? So, um, yeah, when I retired, uh, I got into the book writing because I had wanted to do it. And I had thoughts in my head, particularly about the first book, The Vermin Problem. Uh, but I was kind of coerced into the second book by the person who was mentoring me. Uh, and it, it all worked out fine. It worked out fine. Uh, so I think I got across the points that I wanted to. And there may be a third or fourth book in the offing, but uh, not writing the plans right now.
1: So without giving away everything that's in the book, because I would like people to you know, buy yeah. it and read it. Can you yes. talk a little bit about what kind of lessons are in there for us?
0: Uh, sure. Um, first of all, uh, a lot about what we think about ourselves. Um While I I believe that I'm important to people in my life and I've been important to uh, organizations that I have worked with or am working with, I also realize that I'm not the end all do all and nobody really is, that we are placeholders for the things that we're involved in, uh, whether it's uh, as an executive in an organization. Again, I worked for Crayola for 17 years. Uh, when I was working for them, we hit our hundredth, 125th anniversary. That meant that for 125 years, that company, uh, you know, subsisted, uh, grew, uh, became a, a brand name and, and a very strong brand name, uh, by a lot of people who, uh, were before me. Uh, and then I worked for 17 years and in that time I made accomplishments, but I'm not there anymore. I've been out of Crayola now for 30 years, 35 years. It's a strong company still. And it's a very, so it, it continued without me. Okay. And a lot of things do. So, but while I was there, I did the best that I could do. And I think I handed over a very good situation to the people who followed me. I think people need to realize that When they become the focus of everything, and when they're not around, everything falls apart. That's not a good thing uh, because that means that they've made it about them and not about other things. Okay. Uh, So when I started my company with uh, five other folks, ESPI, uh, my intention was when I walked out the door that ESPI would continue as an entity beyond. Uh, me being there and being the head of it, being one of the founders, and it has, and it's very successful. And that's a good thing because I had equity in the company, which they're paying me. So I want them to continue to be very successful. Um, uh, but also, it, it kind of leaves a legacy. You know, you started something. Uh, And a lot of people start businesses and they fail. They fail in the first year or two or whatever the case may be. I didn't want to see that happen. And certainly not because I walked out the door. So I never made it about me uh, when I had my own company uh, along with, like I said, other folks. It wasn't just mine singularly. Uh, So I think that's a big lesson to be learned is um, about your self-importance. Yes, you are. But also you are replaceable. Okay, you will be replaced at some day. People will miss you. okay, Um, but guess what? Over time, they're going to miss you less and less and less um, because that's just the way life is. So realize that. Do the best job that you can. And and uh, and then, like I said, turn it over to the next person and let them take it from there and run with it. Uh, So that I I think is very important. Another one is uh, knowing where you came from. Uh, And what I mean by that is we don't start at the top of an organization. Uh, We don't start as president, although I did at ESPI when we started and I was uh, elected president by the other folks that uh, I was involved with. Um, But typically we don't. Okay, I mean, that wasn't the start of my career. That was uh, far into my career when that happened. Uh, So we start usually at a lower level. And we observe the people above us and what they're saying and doing and acting and so forth. And there are things that we like that uh, uh, happen to us and there are things that we don't like that happen. And my point is when you rise in the ranks, remember where you came from and what those things are that you appreciated and the things are that you didn't like so much that really bothered you. And don't do them to other folks then. Uh, But too often I see that. I see people who complain about, oh, I don't like the way I'm being treated. Then they get into the position. They do the same darn thing that they just complained about. You're going, "Uh, did you forget (laughs) what what happened to you? So don't do that. Uh, Never forget where you came from. Uh, it's kind of like the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But certainly, over time, when you're in the position of authority, I work with a number of different students, and they'll come to me and say, Peter, you know, I'm working with this company, and I can't believe what they're doing, and what they're saying, and how they're treating people. And that's my point to them. Uh, okay, remember that. So the day that you get into that position, will you have influence? don't do the things that you're seeing right now that you don't like do something, do something exactly the opposite of that. Do, do what is good and fair and, and honest and so forth. So those are two big things that come out of it. And then there's there's whole bunches of other things about the different people, uh, that have been influential in my life. And I don't cover all of them. I tried to cover, uh, A goodly number of them but there are plenty of others that didn't make the book and maybe that would be book two or something on influences and influences who had a profound effect on me Um, both ways again on the very positive side who i tried to emulate and on the not so positive side where i said no i don't want to be that kind of person and i don't want people to think of me that kind of person so lots of things in there again that cover not just business but life in, in general and, and what's uh, impacted me and and uh, why I am who I am right now and they continue to impact me uh, I still see uh, things that have an influence on me and, and change my opinion and somebody said the other day I'm trying to think who it is and, oh I know what it is uh, we were with a person uh, at uh, the racetrack of all places. And we were talking about stuff and she said, and she said to me, you know, uh, somebody who has the same opinion that they did 40 or 50 years ago, I don't listen too much because they're not very open-minded because lots of things have happened. And, and if you haven't changed your opinion to some degree and how you act, then uh, you're just not the kind of person I want to be around. That had a big impact on me. I thought, yeah. That's really true because things will impact you. I'm certainly not the person I was 30, 40 years ago. I think differently. And uh, probably in another five years, I'll think somewhat differently from from where I am today. So I'd say those are a lot of good things and there's plenty more in there uh, without giving away the entire book. Uh, uh, So uh, if you want a good read, it's a fast read. It's like I said, a, a plain English read. Okay. Not a lot of uh, big terms in there that uh, even I don't understand. And uh, I think <laughs> you get a lot out of it.
1: The second point that you made about knowing where you came from, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, it it it's just human nature for many people that they say, you know, I really hate that. But then the next step is, well, it happened to me, so it should happen, you know, what goes around comes around kind of it's in the opposite direction. It's like, well, if it happened to me, it can happen to you too. Yeah. Instead of thinking, well, why don't I change that? So someone else doesn't have that experience. I think that's something that we can all learn from.
0: Yeah, really. Uh, It's just not fair to people. Uh, You know, nobody should have to go through a painful process. uh,
1: Just because uh, uh,
0: they're alerted to it. Now, if they decide on their own, that's their choice. But we should make that choice. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm still involved with schools. I'm involved with three different schools with teaching and mentoring and and so forth. One where I'm actually teaching classes, but others where I'm involved in some advisory capacity. But where I interact with students, I try to give them the benefit of what I've gone through, so that they don't go through some of the painful stuff. Nobody likes pain. And and do you have to do it just in order to learn? If somebody tells you, don't do that. And we do that, you know, we have young children. <laughs> we say, don't do that. You know, don't stick your finger in that light socket. You're going to get a shock. Do we have to have them stick their finger in the light socket in order to, to really learn?
1: Some um, do. So that's where I'm at.
0: <laughs> Of course, they don't quite understand at that point, so they still stick their finger in the light socket and then they learn. But you would hope them they're a bit older, like college level, that they'll go, oh, yeah, hmm. I think he knows what he's talking about. So uh, I don't think I will try that. Uh, and that's where that—that's the point that I'm at right now, is trying to share those experiences and knowledge and, and hopefully uh, to make an impression on folks one way or the other. I tell them, you don't have to listen to everything I say and agree with it okay, but I'm going to say it anyway, and then you can pick and choose what you want to uh, to pay attention to and what you don't, so I'm not forcing you, so.
1: No, exactly, <clears throat> excuse me, and in the, uh, in the other book, what about the vermin problem, hmm. looking at the title, you're talking <laughs> about uh, rats and things, but you're really not, um, no. you're talking about very important um, human characteristics, I, I believe, more than anything else, and, and whether, uh, whether you've got them or not and which ones are good ones and which ones are bad ones. Uh, that seems to be what it is looking at the, uh, the table of contents.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I wrote it, you know, I, I titled that cause it was kind of a catchy title. It certainly gets people's attention. Okay. Um, Because it is different. And they'll say, is it a book on exterminating? And i say, not really. (laughs) But if you want to take it that way. Uh, And quite honestly, if I had to do it all over again, maybe influences and influences were to come first and then about the vermin problem second. um, Because what about the vermin problem are the choices that are made? and experiences that I had uh, working with uh, people and companies uh, and where they made what I thought were very good choices and were quite successful and where they made not so good choices against things that I advised and recommended and other people and they had problems because of it and then you know acted surprised or indignant about it well it was their choice and it kind of goes back to the, you know, to influences and influencers, where they're coming from and what's impacted them in the past, uh, whether they've had a bad situation or whatever the case may be, or, or they are feeling self-important. So they don't feel they have to listen to other people, which is astounding that why you would hire somebody like me to come in and tell you my best thoughts and then ignore me. Uh, you've wasted time and your money then by doing so. And the ones that were very successful, they did listen, not because I'm that brilliant. I I mean, I think of myself as a fairly smart person, but I'm pretty good at picking out where the problem areas are, how to come up to solve them. Uh, And uh, in some cases, yeah, it's been unique to me. In a lot of cases, I learned from other people and from situations and then just passed that on. Um, so it, it's not just that I'm so brilliant that I come up with all the answers. Uh, I, I've learned from a lot of other people and, and gotten good answers. So, uh, the first book, uh, what about the vermin problem that gets into some of those situations that were successful or unsuccessful. And the, the interesting thing is the unsuccessful could have been successful with a slightly different decision or an attitude. Okay. Uh, And similarly, uh, the things that were successful, if they had made the wrong choice, it it could have been a problem for them. So there's a fine line between success and non-success, and it depends on which way we go. uh, And when we feel that things aren't going well, stop what you're doing because you're not headed quite in the right path and you've got to change. Uh, you had mentioned about planning, and I didn't talk a lot about that. But yes, it is important in business to have a plan. It's important to me in life to have a plan. Now, it do- that doesn't mean that you have to do A, B, C, D, E, F. It's where you want to ultimately be in the direction that you take to get there. Okay. Like I said, in my case, I wanted to be an engineer. I succeeded. And while I was becoming an engineer, I found out that there was more to life than just being an engineer. There were pretty cool things about being an executive and so forth. So I started to develop a new plan for how I was going to do that and to move on. And similarly in retirement, I'm still planning what I want to do. Okay. Uh, there are other opportunities out there. Somebody wants me to co-author a book with them, which I've never done before. That's an opportunity that uh, I'm considering right now and, and may happen. And there'll be other things that'll that'll crop up that I don't even know about right now. Um, but I know what it is I want to do. I want to stay busy. I want to help other people. I want to talk. I want to speak. Uh, I want to write. Um, and I continue to do those things, uh, what those venues are that I do it in, um, haven't totally decided yet, but I know what it is that I want to do to stay active and, and busy and helpful to other people. So uh, uh, so that's the gist of the, the first book, uh, What About the Vermin Problem, is here are, here are circumstances, what did the companies do? Why were they successful or not? And if you don't do it that way, but you do it a slightly different way, you can be very successful at it. Uh, but if you follow their course, chances are good you'll run into the same problems and situations they did.
1: Perfect. So, um, talking about planning a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, how would you suggest to people that they go about planning their retirement so that they're, you know, they can do the things they want to do, that they keep on track a little bit?
0: Um, A couple of different things. Where, where do you want to be? Okay. Physically, um, my wife and I had uh, spent most of our lives uh, in Pef- Eastern Pennsylvania, in the Lehigh Valley area. Um, but as much as we liked it and enjoyed living there and raising our family, we knew that that wasn't ultimately where we wanted to retire to for different reasons. It gets cold there in the winter, really cold. And we were tired of the cold and shoveling snow and dealing with ice storms and things like that. So we knew it was going to be a warm weather place. Uh, we didn't quite know where. Well, it happened that one of our children wound up in Florida. Uh, and she had bounced around uh, the country and had even been overseas for a while. And she wanted to see more of us and she wanted us to be close by. So she made a big pitch for us to, uh, to relocate to Florida. And we did. And what we thought about was we're in Florida because there's many places. And we said someplace where our friends and, and people that we care about would want to come and visit Because not only are they interested in us, but there's stuff to do. So we picked a pretty nice place. We're kind of close to Tampa, Florida. And there's tons of stuff to do here. We're on the West Coast uh, of Florida. And there's tons of stuff to do. And we stay very active in that. And and again, when people come and visit, uh, we take them around. We wear them out on their vacation. Because there's plenty of stuff to do when we want them to experience some of the stuff we are so, I think it's thinking about where you want to retire, uh, you know, and for what reason. Um, and again, that's right for us. It may not be right for somebody else. They may love to, to uh, stay right where they're at, uh, which is fine. Uh, you know, we would have been very happy if we had stayed And there. I, I still see stuff from back in pennsylvania and i kind of miss some of the stuff that i see but uh you know that was in the past and we can always go back and visit when uh, we need to um trying to make sure that you're secure financially okay that you don't have tons and tons of debt and that uh, you're getting enough money in through whatever whether you have a pension or a 401k or so forth uh, and Social Security that you have enough to live on and, and live on comfortably. Uh, so uh, you're, you're planning for that and, and spending the time. I, I see people who don't do that. Uh, my advice to people when I was working was if you have a 401k plan uh, that has, um, um, you know, they contribute uh so much for what you're contributing let's say you put in 5% of your salary and they they match 3% of it matching fund uh that you do that and you get the most you can out of the plan with what you can afford uh so i always did that uh right from day 1 so uh i had built up a nice nest egg and and my wife did as well so we're fairly well off financially we don't have any financial struggles and uh, so that's one less thing to to have to worry about in, in retirement. Uh, we didn't wait till the last year uh, of working before we decided to put money away. We had done it throughout uh, our time um, and that uh, you you plan to stay active. And again, you may not know exactly what it is. Uh, there's tons of things for you to do. You know, I've gotten again into writing and and speaking and stump consulting and that. But there's tons of volunteer activities here. Uh, My wife uh, has been involved with the Red Cross now for, I believe, it's 17 years as a volunteer, and she continues to. She just took what she was doing in Pennsylvania and moved it down to Florida. In fact, she's out on a a call right now. She's a, a disaster service person, and she's out on a call about a fire. And somebody who's got uh, problems with uh, maybe not being able to live in their home and has to live somewhere else and taking care of all that. So she does that and she's involved with um, our local uh, park and uh, spending time with that. So she's spending her time doing those types of things and then she's gotten involved in clubs and societies and, and so forth. So stay active. Retirement doesn't mean you just shut down and don't do anything anymore. It just means you're going to do things a little bit differently and at the pace you want to and that. But stay active. People who retire and become inactive, I think the, the statistics are they don't live very long. And that's not a good thing. You've worked all your life and, and for some reason to enjoy your free time we'll enjoy it. Um, but also, you know, stay busy with some of the other stuff. Don't just give it all up uh, and stop because, um, uh, there's a lot more to be done. There's a lot more to be done. Uh, we're living longer lives and, and, uh, you want to make that as, uh, as profitable to you and other people as you can. So I would say those are the things to do.
1: Yeah. Those, the- are definitely important staying uh, staying active with whatever you choose to do. Yeah. It Sounds like you're definitely making the uh the most of your beyond retirement life. <laughs> some
0: people say to me, god, you're as busy now as you were when you were working and it, it's like I am but it's a different kind of busy. I don't need to be somewhere, you know, at some time every day like I did when I was working with clients and and, and so forth. It, it's a different kind of busy. I wrote this morning for about an hour. OK, and then I shut it off. I didn't have to complete what I was writing today and I'm already planning it tomorrow. I'll pick it up and I'll write some more and it'll be by the weekend. It'll be completed and that. So that, that's perfectly OK. Also, uh, the deadlines are self-imposed and uh, I, I can uh, deal with them when I need to and, and so forth. And there's other stuff that's coming up. Uh, Bay is going to be a busy month for us. Uh, we got kayaking that we get involved in. And, and again, we're, we're going and doing different things. And like I said, we'll be on a trip shortly up to the uh, Georgia aquarium. So it's a lot of neat things to do. Uh, there's just so much in life. And uh, you know, if you take advantage of it, uh, you'll, you'll have a, a good, uh, well-rounded and, and fulfilled life. So, until the day I can't do it anymore, and I'm, I'm not looking forward to that day. So, I think that's no. a long ways down the road. Hopefully,
1: well, that's perfect. It sounds like sounds like you've got everything set, and I think that if uh, if the listeners listen to you a little bit, they're going to be set for a long and enjoyable life as well. I think yeah. that's a-
0: do what it is that you enjoy. Pick it out, find the things, and, yeah. and then just do them you know
1: and if you don't know try some
0: try some you never know you know i hadn't yep, exactly. been that much into writing before or speaking and and i really enjoy it now and i look forward to it i look forward to uh, to coming on and spending time with you today and your listeners uh and i'll have one again next week uh you know so i'm lining up different ones so i, I really enjoy doing that type of stuff um you know, and, and I look forward uh, to seeing stuff uh, and doing things. Uh, uh, Like I said, our daughter is close by and she gave us a grand uh, grandson last year, who's now six months old. And we look forward to seeing him and babysitting and they weren't able to make Mother's Day because they all got sick, but they're coming up on Saturday. So it's something to look forward to. And, you know, I'm already planning that uh, because it's her birthday tomorrow. So uh, we'll make a birthday dinner for her and uh, we'll just have a a nice time. So uh, it's that type of thing that, that just keeps you going.
1: That's it. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Peter, for joining me today and for sharing all of your wisdom with, uh, with the listeners. I will uh, make sure that the links to your websites are in the show notes. So everyone can find them.
0: Okay. Uh, yes. If anybody wants to get in touch with me and just chat about things and, you know, get some advice, uh, I'd be happy to share with them at no charge. You know, uh, again, if you can have a happy and productive life uh, or if there's something that's bothering you and you just need somebody to talk to, uh, certainly do that. And uh, please, uh, by all means, get my books. I think they would uh, I think they would be good reads for you and you get a lot out of them, which could help you with some of the situations you're dealing with.
1: Exactly. Thanks very much.
0: Thank you for having me. It was great talking with you.
1: And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. To check out the video interviews, please go to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. That's bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes.